We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, it's it's episode three of Cruising for a Bruising. Uh, in episode two, we previewed the season. Episode one was introducing ourselves. But actual baseball has been played now. Opening day is here. An opening day that many... Didn't even know if it would happen because of the the lockout in the offseason, but it's here. And I think more so than any other sport, it, it opening day, it has a sort of just uh, an unwrapped Christmas present or something fresh out of the box, that new car smell. And it might have something to do with opening day coming in spring and, you know, where, where the game is played. It's a sense of renewal and a sense of rebirth. Um, it's a time where every team, even teams that know on paper, they have no chance of, of making a deep playoff run, think that this could be our year. You talk yourself into it. This is our year. So every day, every year for me, opening day is almost like a holiday that I've been waiting for through a cold, dark winter. And, and now it's here, and now there's baseball being played. And fortunately enough for Brewers fans, they are actually one of those teams that can go deep into the playoffs. If you listen to episode two, you'll know we're very high on this season. But for you, Adam... You had one series under the belt as a baseball fan. Four games of uh, 
a divisional series loss. So all you know is the stress and the high stakes of stay- playoff baseball. But now, you know, you've been a Brewers fan in an offseason. You've had the build up to an opening day. How did it feel building up to it? And how does it feel now that you've experienced the first of what will surely be many opening days with the Milwaukee Brewers? Honestly, it feels pretty similar to the playoffs on multiple levels. So playoff intensity, I think, uh, obviously opening day, big occasion. I don't think anyone wants to lose and under that particular spotlight. And this was also the, the literal opening game of opening day um, because of events elsewhere. Yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, it was fun, I guess, if you're into like mental anguish and torture, which is very much in line with what I experienced in the playoffs watching the Brewers. But you know what? Tension, tension gets the heart going. It's, it's good. It was, it was a game that certainly uh, it, it got into a groove of feeling like it meant something, probably feeling like it means a whole lot more than it is as game one of a very long season. Um, but also a lot of interesting stuff to unpack there. And ultimately, don't know if there's a whole lot that's really off script, except for the Brewers you know, losing the game. I, I think there's a lot of stuff we talked about, a lot of players we talked about, where they're at, some of the concerns we had for the team, some of the positives. And I think all in all, a lot of that kind of went to form. Um, it wouldn't have taken a whole lot to get it done. I mean, the Cubs weren't exactly striking fear into anyone, but the Brewers let them in, and that's all it takes if you're not exactly firing yourself. Yeah, it really was a kind of a, a grab bag game of the types of things we uh, said we should expect to see or either were worried about going into the season. Now, I think uh, it is interesting that your two experiences with baseball are a playoff series and an opening day because opening day does have this feeling of importance that it's so much more meaningful than it is. And that's largely ceremonial. This is one sixty second of a baseball season. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers World Series odds have likely not changed from uh, yesterday before a game had been played, but that feeling of that first game after the off season, it, it does kind of go down differently. I will say the Atlanta Braves started the season 0-4 last year. They were the World Series champs, so fear not Brewers fans. Uh, all hope is not lost yet. So this is something we probably won't do often because we'll be talking about a collection of games and trends within the season, but I just wanted to give a rundown of, of how this game kind of progressed just because, you know, it, it is the first game of the season and the, the first game you've, uh, you and I have gotten to talk about that's actual baseball happening in front of our eyes as we watch in tandem. So uh, this game actually kicked off opening day for MLB wide uh, because of the postponement to tomorrow of Red Sox Yankees. Uh, the, the, uh, the Cubs and the Milwaukee Brewers had the, the schedule kind of to themselves this afternoon until some other 4, 4 p.m. Eastern games started. Um, so it was Corbin Burns on the mound taking on Kyle Hendricks of the Chicago Cubs, uh, the famous movement and location uh, specialist who is basically trying to replicate late career Greg Maddox, and he does it. You know, it's, it's like a Walmart brand. Greg Maddox, but it's it's still very good. And Hendricks had a great game today. So uh, Burns was struggling with his command early. Ended up striking out in the side uh, in the third to settle in. Uh, 
The Brewers got things started off in a positive way in the fourth inning after three innings of scoreless baseball. Andrew McCutcheon uh, singled to the right side in his second at bat after doubling in his first at bat. So great debut for McCutcheon. Uh, Hunter Renfro followed that up with a single to left field. So the two new guys both getting on the board with hits in their debuts. And then a Lorenzo Kane RBI ground out to first base, scored McCutcheon to make it one nothing Brewers in the top of the fourth. Um, and then some some things happened that kind of touched on uh, what you and I talked about were some problems last season. It's just being able to get innings started, but then quickly things get erased. Uh, the fifth looked like they were starting off with some momentum. Momentum Colton Wong gets a leadoff single, then Adamas double play to stall out that momentum. Uh, Yelly draws a walk. Cutch flies out the center, then the fifth. Um, and then Adam is where things took a turn for the worse. The Cubs started the bottom of the fifth with a Saya Suzuki single, followed that up with a Jason Hayward single, pack a Patrick Wisdom sack fly scored Suzuki, and then Nico Horner's two-run homer made it 3-1 Cubs. Um, there were some interesting uh, moments a little bit later in the game as well. Kyle Hendricks exited uh, in the sixth inning and was replaced by former Brewer Daniel Norris, who did not perform well for the Brewers last year. So uh, fans were probably looking at Norris as an opportunity to get back into the game. Uh, Norris was, or Hendricks was removed with uh, a runner on first. Craig Council then decided to pinch it Tyrone Taylor for uh, Narvaez. Taylor grounded into a double play, stalled out that inning. So a few tactical decisions that, that didn't end in the Brewers' favor. Um, after the Nico Horner two-run homer, Burns was able to get out of the uh, the uh, bottom of the fifth, so Aaron Ashby took over in the bottom of the sixth. And because of Tyrone Taylor pinch-hitting for Navias, we got to see newly traded for backup catcher Victor Car- Caratini, who we will touch on a little bit later. Um, Lorenzo Kane later in the seventh inning, led off with a double. Uh, Mike Brusso, another new player, made his Brewers debut and drew a walk. Uh, Colton Wong grounds out to first base, but a, a hustle play to avoid the double play uh, keeps the Brewers in the inning. And then a Willie Adamas double off Chris Martin. Uh, the The sky was overcast, so there was not much yellow in the sun. Nailed that joke. Uh, Chris right. Martin, Coldplay, baseball crossover. We got it. A yelly sack fly ties it at three. Adam, at that point in the game, we're going into the bottom of the seventh. The Brewers have rallied to tie the game. Uh, and gotten some of those clutch hits. Uh, the with the Willie Adamas double down the third baseline was particularly clutch. Uh, how are you feeling at three three with Aaron Ashby on the mound in the bottom of the seventh? Do you feel like the Brewers are going to complete the comeback? Yeah, I felt good. Uh, d- definitely getting it back to three three was the thing. Well, once that happened, it felt like okay, they found a little bit of something, and this is the part of the game where they should they should be able to pull through and take over. Alas. Alas, indeed. So Aaron Ashby actually looked good in uh, a multiple inning stint. Uh, he ended up uh, getting out of the sixth inning after some trouble was created. And then in the bottom of the seventh, uh, with a runner on third base and two outs, he was pulled for Jake Cousins. Jake Cousins hits Wilson Contreras, who uh, did not take too kindly uh, to the hit by pitch. But I can assure you. I'm no baseball expert, but I can assure you that Jake Cousins did not hit Wilson Contreras in in a tie game with a runner on third base. Uh, And then the next batter, Ian Happ, RBI double off of Cousins, makes it 5-3 Cubs. Uh, Rowdy Tellez 
would then lead off the next inning with a single rain starts trickling down on Wrigley Field. Why didn't they play this game in a uh, city that had a stadium with a roof, Adam? Why did they not do that? They're right up the road. And then, like we said, the new guy coming to town and making an impact right away, Victor Caratini doubles to put runners on second and third with one out. It was an adventurous uh, trip around third base for Rowdy Telez. He eventually looked like he was going to run through the stop sign, but managed to stop in enough time to get back to the third base bag and uh, not get caught out at the plate. Uh, So at that point, uh, Lorenzo Cain, who had, I think, a a really solid game in the field and obviously put the bat on the ball when he needed to, even if it wasn't flashy to score runs, uh, hit a sack fly that would score Telez. And then after a scoreless eighth inning uh, for the Cubs pitched by Jake Cousins, the ninth inning uh, started with a Colton Wong out, then a one-out Willie Adamas single, uh, a Christian Yellick strikeout, and then a Andrew McCutcheon ground out to end it. So, like I said, we won't be doing that again because, uh, you know, it's tough to to read over a listing of notes and recap a baseball game. <laughs> Adam. You did very well. Uh, thank thank you Adam and so it was a it was a tense game it was a gut-wrenching game it, it you never want to lose on opening day especially in, in your rivals home ballpark um but there were some positive takeaways um from this game that I think we can look at moving forward uh as reasons for optimism Adam were there any players who stood out as making a positive impact that you think okay that's something we can build on moving forward yeah you already alluded to it but I think Lorenzo Kane was probably the standout for me overall. Uh, came up with a big double when they really needed it. Generally just looked really, really competitive, you know, with, with all his at-bats sending. Even pretty early in the game, I, I think he forced some full counts at a time where uh, some, of, some of his teammates were much easier outs. And then he did come up with the big double late on. And beyond that, I thought on, on a... Very windy afternoon in the Windy City where there were some fielding mishaps for sure and even some that were narrowly kind of uh, avoided. He looked in complete command fielding. He was certainly the the safest bet with anything near him and he cleaned up very, very well out in the field about as professional as you'd expect and very much in line with, I guess, the guy he's been his entire career, which just strong all-around performance and considering some of the the conversations we were having around him. And I, I think it came with a mailbag question about, you know, at what point does just does Tyrone Taylor take his starting spot? Uh, I, I thought it was a, a very kind of positive, strong start to the season for Lorenzo Kane. That's maybe a little bit of a reminder of, yeah, he, he could still be that guy and he can still do everything that the Brewers need him to do, even if that means to kind of get that version of him as much as possible this season. Maybe you do find more spots to rest them and kind of play around with your rotation a little bit more over the course of the regular season. This is going to sound insane, but uh, another bright spot in a tough situation that I'm going to point out is, is Corbin Burns because he was about as bad as Corbin Burns can be because of just how good he is, but he still fought through the performance to keep the brewers in the game. It was cold. It was windy. Uh, he was struggling with his command. It, it was clear that it was affecting him, especially as a power pitcher who's, you know, trying to uh, drive that cutter and really need a good feel for the ball. Um, also, Andrew, I mean, his absolute worst spell of the game, 
he didn't give up any runs. And like the Brewers managed to keep it together when he could not find the plate at all. Like it was it was jarring his start. I mean, it's it's cold, it's opening day. You know, I'm sure there's a mixture of nerves and excitement and a lot of things that go on, and then the conditions factor into it. But it was it was really something to behold how he came out and started. And yet the Brewers did a really nice job of holding it together. And then it, it was probably by maybe the tail end of the third, certainly by the fourth, you're like, okay, he's got it. He looks like himself now. It unfortunately wasn't too far beyond that that things loosened up a little bit again, which is probably not unexpected this early in the season. Um, but yeah, I think you're right on that. But that, that was what I was most impressed with him and with the Brewers defensively in that spell is it was it was pretty wild to start out the game and they, they managed to to avoid giving any runs up cheaply too because they would have been cheaply i mean the was there three walks he gave up today which is incredibly uncharacteristic yeah three three walks five innings pitched four hits three runs uh all three were earned three walks four strikeouts and then the home run to horner 83 pitches, 48 of them for strikes. So obviously not as sharp as, but there's uh, definitely a situation uh, where we could have been talking about, you know, if that Horner home run doesn't happen, you know, that that's just baseball. One pitch kind of defines your outing. uh, And we could have been talking about how he worked his way out of trouble um, the entire game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. One thing uh, we did say we were looking for this season and something that they struggle with in the playoffs is is kind of that that clutch hitting um, when the one runner's on base and they need a run. I think it's one thing that's really interesting today is a lot of those runs were really manufactured. This is a team with uh, not a lot of power in their lineup last season, the additions of Renfro and McCutcheon hopefully will change that. But um, they did the little things to, to drive runs home. The the Willie Adamas double, we two sack flies, I believe, and then that RBI ground out for Lorenzo Kane. So they found themselves in situations where basically it was the situation was anything but a strikeout here, put the ball in play to give the team a chance to, mm-hmm. to score that runner from third, and, and they did that. Now, they didn't do it at the volume <laughs> that you would want, uh, but that being said, you know, it's it, it was positive to see some of that situational hitting, although you'd like to turn some of those RBI ground outs and some of those sacrifice flies into singles, doubles, homers. And, you know, as they say, put some crooked numbers on the board, Adam. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on, uh, one thing that we were focused on in our season preview podcast is all the new faces uh, in the Brewers lineup. And there were quite a few of them today. And Pretty I good think, day for I, all, all the new faces. Yeah. As I mentioned, all of them reach base, uh, three via hits. Is there one player who stood out above the rest for you that you thought just really made a kind of a great first impression? Uh, in the terms of great first impression, uh, I'll go with McCutcheon. Uh, I think Andrew McCutcheon was very, very impressive. Hits it in his first two at-bats, if I remember correctly. Um, one of those being a double, I believe. And just generally kind of slotted right in. And again, early in the game, it was rough all around. And it when when he got the opportunity, designated hitter, he was doing his job. You know, he was doing what you're asking him to do. Now, would it have been nice if he capped off, which was what was a very solid uh, debut with the Brewers, by hitting a home run to uh, to in the ninth inning to, uh, to tie up the game? Or was there, well, Willie Adams was on base. I think it's time. That would have been great. That wasn't to be. Um, but again, just someone who I thought very solid doing his job. Caratini, though, I, I want to talk about because this is where maybe my lack of expertise comes into it. I was kind of blown away, particularly at that position, that this guy landed this morning. He's in. He's not even just in like opposite Corbin Burns, which maybe every catcher in Major League Baseball has a good sense of what to expect from Corbin Burns. Was that as impressive as I think it was to be in a groove, particularly with, with Ashby? I mean, they, they worked quite well together. Um, but 
there were some some nice outs where he was he was certainly at the four in that, and then to to also get on base too is is no small feat. I've just for it, it seems like of all the positions, it's it's one where you don't just walk in, get thrown straight into a game, and here you are and make things happen. I thought that was a pretty tough spot. It was a, a bold decision for Craig Council that, as you alluded to already, didn't really pay off. It was maybe a little bit earlier than something like that was needed too. Um, but all things considered, certainly under the circumstances, I take my hat off to him. I, I thought he did really, really well. It's definitely imp- impressive, uh, or I don't want to say it's not impressive, uh, but it is, I mean, it's something to be expected of a, of a veteran uh, catcher of you know he's, why they he's went been around him <laughs> yeah exactly it's been around the block so we can we can uh kind of touch on uh that and as it relates to what caratini just did and to your point this is why after pedro severino's um uh, suspension that david stearns and the brewers wanted to go out and get a catcher with experience i think uh it, it was a comment maybe by one of the beat writers, McAlvey, I'm not sure that, you know, a lot of the Brewers' success this season uh, relies on their elite pitching staff. And you want someone that, you know, knows what they're doing and has experience in the big leagues to be able to handle that. And then Caratini coming in, like, fresh off <laughs> the plane or, or whatever it may have been, uh, kind of, you know, shows that that's why they did it. Um, so earlier in the week after the Severino – uh, suspension the Brewers acquired Carantini for prospect uh, Corey Howe and Brett Sullivan who was before the trade in the mix to to get the backup job after the suspension and you just I mean this I think this is exactly the kind of move they needed to make he is he came up in the Atlanta Braves organization before being traded to the Chicago Cubs uh, played for the Cubs for pieces of, I believe, four seasons, and then last year played 116 game for for the Padres. Slash 242, 321, 355 for a 676 OPS with 22 homers in his career. So he's, you know, not not an elite hit, hitter. Um, regarded as someone that's great to work with pitchers, and he's just a veteran. He's, uh, I think, this is his age 28 season, um, and he just comes in ready-made knows what he's doing can handle the backup job and as you saw today he comes in uh handles uh aaron ashby and jake cousins like he's been catching them for years and uh ashby and cousins are two guys with absolutely nasty stuff uh that could be (laughs) difficult to to get a handle on if you're not working with them every day uh and it, it seemed like he he'd been in this clubhouse and, and working with, with these pitchers uh, uh, for a season or more. I thought, I thought he, you know, didn't stand out as struggling at all behind the plate. And then he comes in and hits that big double right when they needed it. So you can see with his performance today, why the Brewers went and got Victor Caratini um, in their time of need for a backup catcher. Uh, I agree with you McCutcheon to get back to today's game. McCutcheon had a standout performance. He's just, I mean, he's, He's just uh, a professional hitter, and that's what he's Pro's come here pro. to do, and and uh, be a leader in the clubhouse, and and just you know get on base, get hits. Um, so that was a positive performance. Hunter Renfro had a single, uh, went one for four, uh, struck out once. You know, didn't not his best game. Didn't really factor into too many uh, defensive plays in the outfield. I don't even know if he he, uh, he had, I think he had a couple of, a couple of catches. Definitely, I mean. 
it the ball wasn't going his way a ton, but I, he was tidy when he was called upon, which on a day like today, I guess is not nothing either. It's what you expect of him, but we we saw some plays uh, that didn't go quite as well. Ulti ended up being pretty costly. Yeah, uh, today talking about routine outfield defense is is uh, not something that's just run of the mill. I mean, I some of the uh, the balls that got down in left field and right field, including one of McCutcheon's uh, or McCutcheon's double. It's like the ball was just slicing all over the place. Uh, there was a uh, a ball in the infield where a miscommunication between Rowdy Telez and Colton Wong ended up extending an inning for Aaron Ashby. But due to that, we now uh, get a gif of his nasty back foot slider to strike out Patrick Wisdom. No runs were scored after that. So, you know, that kind of worked out. Um, in terms of the last newcomer that we'll talk about, Mike Brasso, he drew a walk and then he struck out uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning. And uh, that was kind of his debut. He came in to, to hit for Jace Peterson, um, who I think drew a walk and then had a fly out to reasonably deep right field. He, he put a good swing on a ball and for a moment. It looks like he might um, find a gap or, or hit one uh, out of the park, but it was not to be. Council definitely um, was trying to play the matchups today with his pinch hitters, trying to get that right on left matchup and, uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't come to fruition today, but it'll be interesting to see. Can uh, I can I ask over, your over your opinion on um, one of one of the decisions that Craig Council made, which was pretty important? So, to me, it felt like Aaron Ashby was actually still kind of dialed in when he was taken out of the game, and at the time, I wasn't sure why you wouldn't trust him to see out that inning. As it turns out, he comes out with one out left, and the Cubs end up with a double. Two runs that win the game by a single run. Is that is that a mistake, or am I just missing something there? Because honestly, I'm still mystified by when exactly. There are times when it's very obvious that you know it's the pitcher's pitcher's turn to come out of the game, and there are other occasions where I'm like. No, this seems in hand, and you know we're nearly out of the inning. Maybe, maybe let him close it out. I didn't feel like that was a situation where he had to come out of the game, um, and that's a high leverage spot to to bring in someone else to to throw a reliever into that spot, and it's like, you know, don't mess up, which is kind of what happens. Not not to really put it too much on Cousins, although. I, I wasn't entirely uh, convinced by him when he came into the game. I just, I was, I wasn't sure on that decision. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Earth. Maybe I'm overthinking that. Yeah, so that that was a situation um, that I'm sure is going to get talked about significantly in the the uh, the post game uh, analysis, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I'll be interested to to hear what what council says about that. I mean, I, I understand the process, uh, especially with Wilson Contreras coming up. Uh, Wilson Contreras is just a significantly better hitter against left-handed pitching than he is right-handed pitching. Um, I know a stat that, uh, you know, I don't hold as, as gospel or anything, but in, in this situation, I'll, I'll bring it up just to, kind of showed the disparity. I think in 2021, Wilson Contreras hit 
uh, 219 against right-handed pitching and 284 against lefties. So I, I understand the move and council's pay, uh, council's, uh, specific, uh, situation here. Um, but it obviously didn't work out. Cousins hit Contreras and then Haps up who's a switch hitter. So you have no good option there. And then he hits one off the wall and that's the game. Um, the, the thing, I mean, managing in the modern era of, of baseball is trying to balance, uh, two different things. And that's, uh, you know, what the numbers and the math and the likelihood of outcomes say, and then what my gut's telling me in that situation, like I thought as, as you and I talked about, um, during the game, some of the situations that Ashby was getting into where there was runners on, um, wasn't necessarily about his doing. Mm-hmm. He was making good pitches and like, obviously uh, a, f- a fly ball on a windy day falls between two infielders is an irregularity. Uh, if it were me there, maybe I would have seen Ashby ride out the inning. I mean, I, I will say I thought Ashby, Ashby looked great. He's going to be a great weapon for this team as a multi-inning reliever, as a spot starter. If a starter goes down into the rotation, he's got nasty stuff. And he seems like a gamer. He did not want to come out of that baseball game. He he wanted Wilson Contreras, which is an awesome mentality you want to see your young pitchers have. Um, he did not. So he has clearly not let any of his struggles from last year's postseason affect him mentally. He's he's ready and locked in to go. That's my long-winded way of, of defending Craig Council. Um, even if uh, maybe I, I would have, that would have been a situation where I go with my gut and and let Ashby pitch his way out of trouble. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, what I'd say is the difference between the numbers is actually marginal when you look at the look at the inverse of that. So you're talking about how often he hits. I mean, <laughs> with a guy who's actually in rhythm and is pitching pretty well, like Ashby was, I. I I can't just take the numbers kind of in a vacuum of face value in that kind of scenario. Cause I think that's where you feel like, yeah, you know, maybe you back your guy just a little bit more. I understand the top process, but that to me, and this might just be, be, be the baseball outsider is verging on overthinking that. I mean, I just, you're right there. You're right there. He's, he's still looking pretty good. He's feeling good. He's pitching well. Let him have a shot. Like, is it any worse if you give up the two runs on Ashby still in the game? Like, this is the first game of the season. Is it any worse? Don't don't overthink that. Let him have the chance to strike out Contreras, even if it is that, oh, you know, uh, he's so much better against left-handers. Well, the idea being that over the course of 162 games, if you make the mathematically correct decision most of the times, it'll play out in your favor. And... You know, that has proven to be the case with a lot of uh, sabermetrically minded teams. Uh, but in this situation, I I agree that we don't need to be worrying about Wilson Contreras' splits. If it were, say, Mike Trout, maybe we could, sure. we could have, have that. Different conversation. Argument. I'm not scared of Wilson Contreras at the plate. <laughs> and I don't think Aaron Ashby was either. Well, but, one you know, player this is... That... This is one player and one, one play specifically that I, I think we should just mention because we might just skip past it and forget to mention it. And it might have been the play of the game for the Brewers. Uh, Colton Wong's really very impressive catch um, where ball kind of popped up. He was caught under it. It was obviously swirling in the wind. And even by the time he was catching it, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around quite the position his wrist ended up in. But he may have made it more difficult for himself then was necessary the wind certainly wasn't helping him 
but he managed to pull off a really, really nice catch. And again, someone not not surprisingly, but who was very tidy in the field on a tough day. Absolutely. Adam, shall we we delve into some of the more negative aspects of this game? Sure. We've done some already, uh, but there's definitely yeah, an we, elephant we did. in the room. A, yeah, a the elephant, the, if you might. Yes, there is the elephant in the room. And it's one game. I want to say I want to say this. This is one game. Baseball is 162 games. So let's not let's all promise each other not to overreact to anything until let's say June 4th. Because the season starts a week later. I always say Memorial Day. Let's do June 4th. Let's get the large samples in there and let's then let's form our conclusions about what this team can be. But Christian Yelich uh, struggled today. Um, he had a couple instances in the field where the, the wind uh, definitely affected him. Uh, at the plate, he went over for three with a walk, two ground outs to the right side of the infield. And then he did have a, a sack fly. It was not uh, hit particularly hard or deep, uh, but Colton walked it, did uh, make a heads up base running play in that situation to score. He, could see that uh, the uh, who's the left fielder for the Cubs, Ian Happ, was a little flat-footed when he caught the ball, so he beat the third of the plate. That was good heads-up baseball from Colton Wong, who even in a one-for-five day. Just does little things uh, every game that make him stand out as a really solid player. Uh, but Yelich then uh, struck out in the ninth inning with a runner on first with a chance to, you know, do something to, to get the Brewers back into the game down 5-4. And um, some of the things that we talked about, like I, I wanted to see how hard he's hitting the ball, what those power numbers are like. He's got to hit hitting the, ball the ball first. Well, <laughs> and if he's hitting the ball in the air and those two ground outs and then a bloop sack fly, uh, those are not the positive improvements that you want to see moving forward. Um, so it's a tough day for Yelich. I'm just, like I said, I'm not overreacting. We're, no. we're just calling it, calling it with what's happening. Um, but yeah, Day one of the 2022 season, uh, we're, we're still waiting. <laughs> uh, my, my only concern is, to me, he looked exactly like he looked in the playoffs, which is he was getting caught watching. You know, balls are going right down the middle of the plate. He had one, I actually think it was in the ninth, which just looked like a dream to hit. I, if McCutcheon had got a look quite like that, the game might have had a different outcome with the way he was looking. And yeah, let's just he's not really swinging a lot of the time and we talked briefly about this before we started and you noted how patience was always kind of a virtue for him and a key strength in his game when he was at his best maybe nothing's changed and the process is just the same but it looks very different when you're then not coming up with the goods after you're you're kind of taking your time biding your time and picking when you want to hit so that that is certainly something where on on multiple occasions, you're like, hmm. you know, you could have took a swing there. You you could have took a swing. I because that's a, a lot of a lot of his at bats are just that they seem very easy. If he's gonna if he's gonna take it like he did today, well then you're not making the pitcher work at all. And at the end of the day, you're still Christian Yelich. We certainly hope. Um, you know, make life difficult for the pitcher at the very least if you don't have your best stuff. But that, that wasn't the case today. And it, to me, it had vibes with the last time I saw him in the playoffs. Yeah, well, hope, hopefully things will, will improve. Um, and at the very least, he'll be making solid contact and drawing walks, even if the, the power 
you know, isn't there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of it for today. We had, uh, some positive performance from Rowdy Telez as well. We'll mention that he had two singles scored a run. Um, Row- Rowdy and Willie Adama is basically picking up on what they did after arriving last year, which is just finding ways to make positive plays, finding, finding ways to get on base. And as you mentioned, kind of very close to the top, there was no power to be seen anywhere for the Brewers today, like not once. And that just meant there had to be a lot of kind of pretty ugly grinded out and just find ways to kind of break through the defensive drives. And those two guys found ways to do it. And um, Rowdy in particular, not the most nimble getting around bases either, but it felt like he was getting himself in position quite a lot and he was doing his all when he was there. Um, so with, with him and Willie Adamez, I think they were two, two positives too in looking very much like they did last season by all accounts. And uh, also, despite the problematic uh, seventh inning from Jake Cousins, he looked great in the eighth uh, and threw mm-hmm. up a scoreless inning there. He's he's a guy that's just got um, incredible stuff. I mean, he's relying on that, that slider heavily, and um, when he's commanding it, uh, he can make guys look foolish, and, and when he's not... Um, you know, he can, he can give up, uh, he can give up runs. He can drill Wilson Contreras with a fastball. And then Ian Happ hits a breaking ball off of the Ivy at Wrigley field. Adam, we are not done with the Chicago Cubs we're not. <laughs> this weekend. We will return to action very shortly. So we're not going to have too much time to have to stew in this loss. That is weather permitting. As I mentioned, uh, uh, beat writers like Adam McAlvey were tweeting, uh, photos and videos of sleet this morning it started to trickle down some rain in the afternoon um so we'll see what happens tomorrow but tomorrow uh brandon woodruff will take the mound against uh cubs left-hander justin Steele, who uh not terribly familiar with 56 57 innings from him last year 426 era um so not a huge sample size there and then on saturday freddie peralta will take on new signee for the Cubs, Marcus Stroman. Stroman is a fantastic pitcher, uh, really active on social media, and uh, 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 should be a fan favorite in Chicago, but hopefully he does not have his best stuff. Um, And hopefully Freddie Peralta does exactly what he did last year, which is pitch exceptionally well. The series will round out on Sunday with – TBD for the Brewers, assuming it'll be Adrian Hauser or Eric Lauer. Mm-hmm. Council will make that decision at a later date, it sounds like, against uh, new Chicago Cub, Drew Smiley, who spent uh, parts of last season with the Atlanta Braves and 4-8 uh, ERA at 126 and two-thirds innings. Uh, that will round out the trip to Chicago, and then a series kicks off on Monday afternoon against the Baltimore Orioles. Adam, are you excited for a weekend full of, of more baseball between the Brewers and the Cubs? Yeah, I hope it is much more stress-free <laughs> than today. I hope we see some easy Brewers wins to to bounce back from this. I think from anything I've heard, from anything I've read, you'd have to have confidence in the Brewers as as this uh, this series of games goes on and you kind of go deeper. That's where the strength of the Brewers pitching should probably show up overall. But as we saw today, I mean, you've, you've got Corbin Burns pitching and in spite of some issues, pitching a pretty good game. Going to have to find some hits, though. So 
we'll we'll see how that unfolds over the next few days. To finish it off, though, Andrew, in the seventh inning when the Cubs found those two runs, I got a, a message from you which said, this podcast may take years off our lives. So I just felt that should be shared with the people. Um, one, the sacrifices we're making here. But two, it feels like it's opening day and you've already got your official welcome to Milwaukee sports. Yeah, and I'm really excited about it, to be honest with you. Not about the loss, but I was very invested in this game. And uh, I can always tell how invested I am in a sporting event by how scared my dogs get when I react to something <laughs> uh, in the game. And they were definitely barking back at me. It, was, it wasn't quite Liverpool Football Club levels of barking back, but it, it was getting there. By October, I'll be there. Uh, taking a look at the forecast for this weekend, it's it's bleak to start. Uh, 70% chance of precipitation tomorrow, Friday, high of 41, and it, my weather app's giving me little snowflakes. So um, Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. I mean, I've been listening to this for days. I've been listening to your weather anxiety for days. And look, we got a game today. It was all fun. It was cold for sure, but they played. It's fine. That, that being said, Saturday... <laughs> No precipitation, high of 43. Okay. Sunday, the sun might be peaking out, high of 50. So if something happens, there's a window to get to get a double header in one of these days. We might have some double trouble brewers mm. Cubs baseball if the weather uh if the weather does get severe. Or they may hold it off to, you know, later in the season. These teams will play frequently this year as they are division rivals. But uh first taste of a Brewers regular season game that uh, you and I watched together. There were some good things to take away from it. There were some troubling things, but uh, hope is not lost in a 162 game season because, you know, you wake up the next day and there's another baseball game. And what do they say, Adam, about in baseball? You don't know because you weren't a baseball fan. This until last true. You'll, have to, you'll have to tell me. This is why we paired up. In moment in baseball, momentum is just the next day starting pitcher and Brandon Woodruff can shove. He's pretty good. All right, that does it for us for now. Um, I'm gonna guess we haven't planned through this. We'll probably you'll probably next hear from us before the first game against the Orioles. Uh, you might hear from us before the first game against the Orioles. You might hear from us uh, after the game against the Orioles. That is a <laughs> we'll, we'll work out our schedule. We'll work out our but, schedule between ourselves. But in around then, you'll hear from us soon enough. And we'll, we'll have plenty more to talk about to make sure you catch that. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we were really, really happy. Great, great numbers in in terms of listeners for our first episode standing on our own here on our own feed. I hope that keeps coming. So if you're enjoying listening, make sure you subscribe. You can give us five star ratings and reviews. That will help us to further get the word out there. If you want to send out a tweet, tell people you're enjoying the show, please do so. Uh, at Brewers GSPN is where you can find us on Twitter if you haven't already please go and give us a follow there too and I am at AdamMcGee11 Andrew is at AC Snide we'll be back with you all very soon thank you Andrew thanks Adam <laughs>